You're listening to Podcast BXN, a video game podcast delivering player experience news. Let's go. What's up, guys, and welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 215. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on, yes, it's still Twitter, and I'm joined over Discord by the Nintendo aficionado and artist extraordinaire, Roshan Warner, at Roro. Hiya. 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 Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Making a link joke, is that what you're doing? Exactly. Yep. yep. <laughs> and the host of Large Popcorn and Video Essayist Christian Macias at ISO Christian. Yeah, oh, two things underscore. To Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> underscore ISO Christian. Two two things to say. One, happy birthday, Hello Kitty. And um two. And let me tell you, once once these uh these blog posts are finished for portfolio building, right back to Signalis video essay. Let me tell you. It's there. It's there. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Rose gonna also, watch it heard, eighty times. I'm watch it, like, yeah, probably. <laughs> at least I, Ro, did you enjoy the uh the eight minute uh, opening teaser I showed you. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I did. I was like, oh, he gives he's giving me a little bit of tease of the the like the rest of the video. It was like, oh no, this is this is the intro. I'm 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 sold. Yeah, I'm trying to go hard on it. Yeah. I love it. The DMZ daddy, the Tarkov Tell Tubby Gage Dempster at Gilbo Biggins is not with us this week, guys. He is definitely not playing Spider-Man 2 right now. But <laughs> Thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube.com slash at podcast PXN and Twitch.tv slash podcast PXN as well. The topic of the show this week, guys, is our question. Is 2023 the video game industry's worst year ever in a game with in a year with a bunch of good games? We'll see. But First, the show always starts with the quick bites, so let's go ahead and jump right in. little housekeeping first before we get to the quick bites. Christian Macias, happy birthday, happy belated birthday last week. We we uh, got it right after the pod last week, so, so I love seeing the tweet from PXN roll, uh, like, right just before midnight Eastern time. Yeah, is it Christian's <laughs> birthday today? Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, second housekeeping item. I put this in housekeeping because not really a new, whoops, news, uh, necessarily for us, but, um, I thought it was important. Uh, Matthew Perry has passed away, uh, unfortunately, and, uh, obviously well known for his roles in Friends and everything else. Um, but obviously like one of the most crucial like video game moments for him is his role in Fallout New Vegas. Uh, as Benny, which is the main antagonist in the game. And apparently he got the role because he was such a big fan of Fallout 3 and Bethesda called him and was like, hey, do you want to do this like cool role we have? And he's he was super excited to do that because he was such a big fan. Like I thought that was really cool. I didn't even know that. Mm. Um, so finding that out was pretty neat. But yeah, rest in peace, the legend. Rewatch Friends. This man's a big fan of the original PlayStation. Always, always playing those games <laughs> on the show. Oh yeah. All right. 
into some lighter news, into the quick bites. Guys, I don't have any uh, PXN News of the Week because we have so much to cover here, so I'm just doing all quick bites, so you guys just chime in on whatever you got as usual mm. for the quick bites. First, Xbox has officially announced their reorg, which has happened. Uh, it will probably happen again, I put in here, after Bobby leaves in 2024, but this solidifies some things in terms of Pete Hines' departure. Uh, so Microsoft is reorg reorganizing and promoting Matt Booty to president of game content and studios, including the re new responsibility of ZeniMax and Sarah Bond to Xbox president, overseeing all Xbox platform and hardware work. On the marketing side, Chief Marketing Officer Chris Cap Capicella is stepping down after 32 years at Microsoft. Of course, this means that Matt Booty will now lead an expanded organization, including inside Microsoft Gaming, which includes ZeniMax and Bethesda. Um, obviously, he was already in charge of Xbox first-party game studios, um, as it were. Um, so no clarity just yet on what's going to happen with Activision after Bobby, but I'm sure we'll, we'll get that next year. This is exciting to you, Dan, as a, a big Xbox buy. I think I Ro mentioned that, that Dan on the show last week, or at some point, uh, predicted a, a change for, for Matt Booty coming, coming soon, or Sarah Bond, actually, I think it was Sarah Bond. Yeah. Yeah, two two weeks ago, me and Ro were talking about that, the reorg stuff, and, uh, I, I figured that Sarah would get... Uh, more uh, responsibility and she did so uh, it'll be interesting to see if maybe she will have a bit more ownership in activision also i don't know we'll see mm -hmm. uh, very interesting i don't i and to answer your question i don't know that i could get excited necessarily about you know ceos and presidents and all these people sure but yeah it is interesting well cool people in leadership positions is, sure. is, yeah 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 all right Moving to our next quick bite, there was a bit of scuttlebutt uh, earlier um, in the week, and I think it got clarified a bit, which uh, helped helped out quite a bit. Um, I don't know if it necessarily makes it all go away, but uh, unofficial accessories are being blocked uh, starting in November on Xbox. Uh, they have a new policy that is bringing an error code uh, when you plug in a unsupported, unauthorized third-party accessory. Uh, trying to use it with Xbox consoles. Um, Xbox advises returning the accessory and instead referring to its list of authorized products on its website. So this created a lot of confusion for people, especially in the accessibility community uh, who use a bunch of weird controllers and such uh, that they plug into the Xbox in order to get it, you know, a, a nice experience for people who have uh, accessibility needs. Um, they, Microsoft did clarify this finally, um, Caitlin Jones, who is the program manager at Xbox for gaming accessibility commented and said regarding unauthorized accessories on Xbox, please know, know that there is no impact to players using the Xbox adaptive controller, nor any compatible peripherals plugged in via the controllers, 3.5 millimeter or USB ports. So it sounds like um essentially any of your accessories and such that would plug into the uh, compatibility controller the adaptive controller uh will continue to work as normal and if you aren't getting any error codes uh currently then you will never you won't have an issue when this policy takes place um mm -hmm. so i don't i am interested to see if this affects many people uh i know there's 
a couple of companies that kind of do like some weird one-off type deals. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how big of a deal this is going to be, to be honest. We'll have to wait and find out, uh, yeah. to, you know, in the next coming of weeks, months to see how much, how much it affects people. Yeah. Yeah. I want to keep on the radar. Absolutely. Something else to keep on the radar, like Batman's radar. Batman Arkham Knight has reportedly added and then removed Robert Pattinson's The Batman suit. What? Like, this game has been... I think someone said that this game hasn't been updated in, like, five years or something absurd, and they're just randomly throwing in a bat suit update and then pulling it away. What's happening here? Why did they remove it, though? Um, That was my question, too. I'm guessing it's related to some people have said this the Switch version, Licensing. I think. I think there's a Switch mm. version coming and maybe they're they didn't mean to release it yet and it's gonna come to all the platforms when uh the Switch version comes out, is my guess. Got it. Okay. The 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 screenshots that I did see, like the the ones that they were able to take before it got removed, looks kind of cool. Obviously, I'm not I'm yeah. not going to play it because it's like you said, it's been five years, yeah. uh, probably more since the game has even come out. But uh, the the costume did look really cool. Heck yeah, yeah. It's been what? It's probably been ten years because I'm next year, right? Twenty fourteen. I think it's about Arkham Knight. Wasn't it twenty sixteen or twenty maybe fifteen at the uh, yeah. Come on now. Can't be 10 years. Yeah, definitely yeah. not 2013. Yeah, yeah you're <laughs> it's right in between the two of us is 2015. Okay. 15. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. All right. Moving on to more crazy news. Skull and Bones is now launching between January and March 2024. For real this time, guys. It's actually sure. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No way. No yeah. way. <laughs> they got to put this game out already. You know what I mean? Like, it's not gonna do well regardless of when it comes out. Yeah. I, I don't believe it. So just, just get it out there. Indeed. Kill it. Yeah. Take it out back and kill it. Or that too. Yeah, that too. Uh, something we don't want to kill though. Capcom is working on a next generation version of the Resident Evil engine, RE engine. Uh, the new engine was revealed in a presentation intended for developers that was published on Capcom's R&D channel, which was first uncovered by Okami Games. In a section titled RE Engine's Future, the presentation dived, delved into some of the challenges facing the tech, including the need for a high degree of customization per game. Capcom's solution is to develop a new standard of engine that's, that it's calling Rex. Rex Engine will include all previous features of RE Engine while adding support for new technologies and handling the growing size of assets more efficiently. The video is mostly intended for developers, but it was an interesting little tidbit. So, very interesting. I think there was news today, too, that uh, Resident Evil 9... Um, it has like the biggest budget of any Resident Evil game and is un- has been under production for the longest of oh. any Resident Evil game. Just oh. more to add to, add to this, yeah. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Or, I, I mean, hypothetically. Ooh. That would be awesome. Yeah, the RE engine's already so pretty. <laughs> can't yeah. imagine... Those games I, are really pretty, yeah. Can't imagine what the next uh, upgrade from that might look like. Capcom has 
literally the greatest turnaround in the last fucking 10 years. It's insane. Like, they were in such a bad spot, I feel like, what, five or 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Monster Hunter World, and then from there was like a completely different company. Yeah. I'd love to see it. And on the back of that, Capcom has also announced that an unannounced major title is coming by March of 2024. Uh, some people are speculating, you know, maybe Devil May Cry or maybe Monster Hunter since they haven't received full game releases in a long time. So maybe we get one of those. DLC would be crazy. When was the last time we saw that? Oh, I guess PS, PS5 had the, um, the special edition. So that was, well, yeah, 2019? 2020, 2020, yeah. When did the PS5 come out? And Xbox. Was it? Yeah, fall 2020. COVID, COVID year. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Insane. Almost as insane as a PS5 Slim bundle coming with Xbox Game Studios Modern Warfare 3. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. For no added cost at $500. That's actually a really smart decision by Sony to um, make this bundle. Like, that's a free fucking brand new game. That's a really good thing. Like, that, that'll sell consoles, I think. Especially for, like, the casual audience that yes. plays a lot of, you know, games like this. Maybe who don't have a PS5 yet. Or we're waiting for, like, a sale or something. That's that's pretty big, especially during the holiday. Damn, that's where that's where the partnership of like between, you know, whatever game company and then Activision like really comes in handy for those kinds of holiday bundles and sales. That's crazy, dude. For free? Yeah. <laughs> Insane. Damn. Uh, Call of Duty also shared this uh, image, which I thought was cool, of uh, how it started versus how it's going to celebrate their. 20th anniversary of Call of Duty, which is just insane to me. Uh, I thought this was a cool little image showing like an old school mo- PC monitor, uh, 4.3 ratio compared to an ultra wide monitor with Modern Warfare 3. It's just very cr- crazy to see this franchise. Like, I remember fucking playing that original game at my cousin's Dude. house. Yeah. So it, crazy. Does that make you feel old now? Because yes. I mean, I played the, yeah, I remember playing the original one as well. Yeah. Absolutely wild. Um, moving on from there, Ubisoft says in their financial reports that a large game is delayed to next fiscal year. The game was originally planned to release before March of 2024, but will now come later. Many people are speculating that this is Star Wars Outlaws, which is the delayed game. So I guess they need more time i guess i don't know yeah and we just saw that this year as well just the, you know yeah. around e3 time yeah yep, we I, did. Remember, I remember the <clears throat> i thought it looked okay i guess but i i think most of us on the show were like eh, not not super i was a little bit underwhelmed yeah yeah so maybe it's a good thing that they're delaying it yeah if it is that game give it, it some something else Give it some more separation from jedi fallen or uh yeah jedi fallen survivor Jedi Survivor. Jedi, I don't know what it's called. Uh, I, th- I think it's Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Okay, yeah. yeah. Give it some separation from that. Uh, people are a little Star Wars doubt at the moment. All right. This next one, I'm sure, will piss us all off. Uh, <laughs> the finals has faced some criticism for using AI-generated voiceovers. Uh, apparently, 
actually I was reading about this uh, and apparently they used a version of AI voices um, early on in the game's development and in the alpha builds like many months ago, apparently it was really bad. Like they sounded awful and people flipped out about it. And I guess they went back and changed them, which I, I would assume that that would be, that would have happened regardless. Usually that stuff, you know, changes over time. Developers sometimes have recorded voices themselves early on in games. Um, <laughs> but yeah, apparently they're still using AI in the beta release and yeah, people are not happy. Which I, w I would maybe understand if this was like a placeholder while the game was in development, right. maybe as far as even the alpha, like sure, like the game is still in progress. We don't have like final voice lines. If that were the case, I think I'd be more like I would definitely excuse it. You know that ma that makes sense in in the modern world, but if it's the intended use of these AI voices to to come out with release, I think that kind of practice is is largely frowned upon. I think even Steam. Yeah. I think reading the comments, Steam, you know, delists games that use stuff like this. Um, one would hope that they would do better. Hence, why why the games. I mean, it's topic of the show. Video game people should should hopefully, if they can, unionize. Uh, I assume you're going to talk about uh, the finals and what you got from me, though, Dan. Yes, I think you engage played it. Yes, indeed. But yeah, this 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 sucks. I, I, I echo everything that Christian said. I, I would understand if it was like work in progress voices, but it doesn't seem like that's the case here. No, no. Yep. And. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't wait for you to get to this next. I don't know. Well, let's get to let's let's get it then, Christian. Let's get it on. I, I was gonna say something weird, and then I was like, eh, I better not. All right, Max Payne one and two remakes are ready for production at Remedy. They just released Alan Wake two. Of course, they released Control before that. Uh, so it sounds like Control's sequel is still going to be in conceptual proof of concept phase for a little bit longer, while Max Payne 1 and 2 will be their focus. Be cool. I think Remedy might be in my top five favorite developers. Wow. I think. I, I am so impressed by the level of craft that they do. Uh, obviously, Control is a, a big breakout, I think, for me in terms of like what that studio can do. Like That, that changed the game for me. And seeing all the praise for Alan Wake 2, you know, publicly on Twitter, but also privately for my friends who got the game, who were like, friends I regularly talk to and like, hey, this is something that like, not just that I would like, but that's like, hey, this is worthy for you to like analyze in like a, a video type of way. I've got people telling me about like that in regards to Alan Wake 2. Like, yeah, dude, going back to redo Max Payne 1 and 2, while still like having control to be in the conceptual phase for a while, like I, I, I trust them to let them cook. Because I know they're going to do like some some absolutely insane products whenever those are ready to come out. And Max Payne is is freaking awesome. Also, I love three. Some people didn't. I love Max Payne three. It rocks. So yeah, I'm all about it. Dude. I, I can't wait for, to see what what Remedy's doing. Which it makes perfect sense that they're making the remakes because they made the first two games. So the original yep. developers. Yeah. Very yep. cool. I can't remember if Remedy did Max Payne 3, though. They did not. Rockstar did. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Right. I threw this in here because Gage put it on our dock. So here we are. But it's an interesting story. Grounded Playgrounds has been announced. Uh, it's some sort of an expansion for Grounded uh, from Obsidian. 
It's basically like a Forge mode for Grounded. So if you're not aware, Forge is the uh, creative tool set in Halo uh, to create your own maps and modes and stuff like that. So you will be able to craft your own levels from the ground up. No pun intended there. Uh, create puzzles, mini games, battle arenas, place AI, and more. There's no limit to the number of objects, which that seems insane. Uh, hundreds of systems, cha system changes and improvements that also come along with this update as well. So very cool that they keep going updates to Grounded. I have no comment on this, but I, I've seen videos of people streaming this game. And you know what? Actually looks pretty fun. Actually looks really hard, even. <laughs> yes. Survival games galore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this last story, I know Ro is just screaming from the <laughs> rooftops about this, you know. And by screaming, I don't know if it's, you know, him screaming at Sega or with them. <laughs> if he's but... mad or if he's happy. Yeah. <laughs> don't know what kind of screams they are. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but Sega has announced a new Sonic game row, and it is called Sonic Dream Team. It's a brand new 3D Sonic title coming exclusively to Apple Arcade on December 5th row. So, yeah, this is one of the you asked me what kind of screams I was making. And like in the first half, when they announced it, I was like, yes, happy screams. <laughs> and at the end, I was like, angry screams because it's a Apple Arcade exclusive, which inherently isn't a bad thing but it looks good so it is bad because i wish it was on actual consoles i think it looks like a fun game i'm upset that it's trapped on apple arcade because as the entire community has been saying not everybody has an iphone uh, a lot of people are speculating that uh apple actually paid sega to make this to promote mm. uh apple arcade and is also why it might also look as good as it does compared to the games that they fund themselves <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, it, it looks good. I'm just sad that it's uh, stuck on one, not even a console. It's stuck on a, mm. on a phone. Um, so on a subscription, I, no less. On a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. As, uh, just to attach to that, uh, earlier today, there was an interview that came out about uh, Sega wanting to surpass Mario uh, as like a mascot. Um, Simply, I'm just going to read the quote really quick. Simply put, I want to I want to surpass Mario. Um, this is Osoma Oshima speaking. He's a Sega executive director. Uh, Sonic is a game that was originally developed to compete with Mario, and it's still and that and it still hasn't achieved that goal. Our goal is to catch up and surpass Mario because we respect Mario. I want to play want people to play it all over the world, including Japan, like Mario, and I want the movie to be a bigger hit than Mario. I would like. Uh, the USJ to create uh, a Sonic area as well as Universal Studios Japan. Uh, that's our goal for those of us who love Sonic. End quote. So as Christian said, I agree. Good luck with that. Good luck, man. It, yeah. did, it, it didn't work the first time. I don't think you guys have come far enough to say that yet. I love Sonic, but Mario is just huge. Huge. Mm. Also, like the more. level of quality of games alone, That's true, yeah. you know, yeah, is like another. It's just there's no difference. It's hard to compare the two. Yeah, I love Sonic though, but like, come on, yeah, it's tough. If you're just doing like mascot to mascot, even then, I think Mario still comes out. But like you said, the games are them. Just the games by themselves are already better. <laughs> you know what, guys? Yesterday, 
at Halloween, I didn't see a single kid wearing a Sonic outfit. And you know what else I saw? I didn't see a single kid wearing a Mario outfit. I saw one kid wearing Master Chief. Boom. Really? Yeah. <laughs> one kid. You? One or... kid. No, it wasn't me. A kid, Christian. <laughs> it was a one-year-old kid. No. No, it was an actual kid. I was I was like, hell yeah. And actually I gave him okay. I gave him more stuff. I said you can take candy Just and because... Pokemon cards. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. So there it is. All right. Let's move into the street meats, run over some meat here. Take this as you will. Uh Gage sent this, I believe, as well. Uh maybe take with a grain of salt. Um because of the source we'll talk about that in a second but uh we have details on valve's possible next game called neon prime this comes from okami games uh which he's not the source uh, but uh the source is from tyler mcvee which apparently he had uh, a lot of counter-strike 2 stuff that was accurate and steam deck stuff that was accurate before that uh but he also said uh, as I'm reading from the comments, he also said that Left 4 Dead 3 was going to release like two years ago. So <laughs> obviously that didn't happen. So not confirmed, but, you know, somewhat of a source. We'll see. Uh, mm. Alleged details on Neon Prime expected to be their next game. Third, It's going to be a third-person mobile light competitive shooter with class-based and team-based features and huge fully destructible maps. Two teams on a very large playing field with the end goal being to defeat a big enemy at the back of the other team's base. Each class will feature unique abilities and personalities comparable to Team Fortress 2. It has a sci-fi setting with Dota-adjacent lore. The map is huge, and there will be trains on the map to take you around. Voxel-based destruction uh, allows for nearly near-fully destructible maps. Think Teardown. Uh, different classes can issue commands to their team. Uh, Tyler thinks we're very close to an announcement. Trademark was recently renewed and additionally went through a secondary process of approval to be used in an actual product. So maybe we'll see something on it soon. Hmm. It sounds I don't crazy. think I've played a single Valve game, man. Really? Portal, I guess. Portal, 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 okay. Portal. Have, you haven't yeah. played T-Fortress 2? No, no, oh, no, man. I want to play Half Life Alex as well, but you know, I think I, I think I actually haven't played a Valve game. Like, actually, <laughs> oh my god, <gosh>. no! <laughs> Does it hurt you? I think it's I played like Portal, Portal, like on a on a school computer in elementary school. That's crazy. What do you mean elementary school? Elementary like, school, school. In high school. Sorry, it was. It would have been high school. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I was like, wait a yeah. minute. She's cool. <laughs> I don't think the computers would have even ran it in that. Uh, yeah. I don't know. This this sounds interesting though. I don't know. We'll see. I I still can't believe you haven't played Team Fortress Two, Christian. Like that's fucking insane to me. I love that game. I didn't. So much. I that was on the orange box, and I did not have the orange box. Is that right? Yeah, it was on Orange Box. It was also standalone on PC before, well, before yeah, well, the Orange Box. But I didn't have a PC until two years ago. That's fair. I, I had a wow. laptop with Minecraft. You didn't buy the Orange Box? That was such a great value. I know. That, I mean, I was in high school. I didn't have the money for a bunch of, you know, 
That's fair. I picked like Call of Duty and Uncharted, and you were a casual you back then. No, well, maybe. <laughs> All right, second street meat item. We'll have more to talk about this company in the topic of the show, but Bungie reportedly had Escape from Tarkov streamers play Marathon. This comes from Aztec Cross, who is reporting that Bungie had Escape from Tarkov streamers play Marathon, and they did not seem interested in the game. Bungie asked them if they would play Marathon if it released tomorrow, and no one raised their hand. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Most I, I listened to this video today. There's nothing really to add on about the, the Tarkov stuff. Most of the video was about what we're going to be talking about in the topic of the show. Apparently, no Destiny two people were invited. It seems like it was like they're trying to they're Care. going for a different complete audience uh, with this game, which is which that is good and bad, I guess. Yeah, nobody nobody went liked it apparently. I I think that's largely good though. If I mean, at least they have like a clear vision that they yeah. you know. They're aiming for a different audience than, than, you know, than their current one, which I think is good. But that's rough to hear. One would think that, you know, sure, it got announced, but it still has a lot of time in the oven before it's, you know, we even see it publicly. One would hope that this is actually maybe even beneficial to, before, you know, to the actual game now. Better, better now yeah. than later, <laughs> if that's true. Better now than the open beta. Yeah. Time will tell. If Bungie can fix Marathon or other things that we'll talk about. Uh, moving into the fantasy draft check-in. Oh, I apologize. I meant to check to see if there was any other ones that I missed, Christian. Thank you. Um, yes, moving into our fantasy critic check-in. We have Alan Wake 2, which has gotten reviews and I was super excited at first. It got fucking, it was started at like 92. It fell three yeah, points. Yeah, it was real high. Yeah. <laughs> it felt, it fell three points. It's now 89. Still very good. But uh, yeah, I lost some points there. Uh, 89. So I got 19 points from Alan Wake 2. Hell yeah, I'll take it. Um, and also, just a little add-on to that as well, since we're here talking about Alan Wake 2. Alan Wake 2 uh, rem developer Remedy has confirmed that two expansions are coming in 2024. Expansion 1 is called Night Springs and is currently due late spring 2024. Uh, although Remedy said that the release window is subject to change. Expansion 2 is called The Lake House, which is yet to receive a release window. So. Stay tuned for those expansions. Uh, Christian added Jusant as well, uh, which I will have to look up. Um, I got you. I got you. I mean, it's, okay. it's on the uh, PXN thing. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, got it. Yeah, so it's currently uh, open critic-wise. It's uh, uh, 82, I think it was? Yes. Yeah, no, that's Liza P I'm looking at. Jusant is, oh, sorry, also 82. Yeah, so yeah. 82 points, that's 12. And I don't know if you noticed, Dan. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Yeah, I did. If you look at the total, if you look at the total points, uh, Dan is at 175 current, um, with two games to go. Yep. And I'm at 174 with three, two, four games four. to go. Yeah, I lost. We'll yeah. see because you yeah. still have Persona Five Tactica and Super Mario RPG remake. Great. Those are like 80s, not like high 80s, I think, guaranteed. 
there is not a lot left in the calendar for the rest of the year. I'm I'm, I'm not going to say what I'm going to decide on for my my. I've still two drafts left, but then that leaves me with Like a Dragon, Gaiden, the man who raised his name, which I think I'm pretty confident in, and then Hollow Knight Silk Song, which again I don't think is releasing this <laughs> what, year. What the fuck? Uh, I thought that was releasing last year. Same, same. Yeah. I mean, remember Xbox or Phil Spencer saying every game that you saw yeah. is releasing within the next calendar year or whatever. Tw- Twelve months. Yeah. I have to see if I have enough for a drop. Um, and if I can drop it, then like, well, well, now it's three games I have to draft. What am I getting? And uh, I don't like the ideas that I've had so far for my drafts. I'll tell you what. <laughs> well, tell, why don't you tell us your ideas? Because no one else I here can not. draft anything. Not we've already. Is filled, that true? Yeah, we've filled our teams already. Right? Your, okay, engage can't. Can't I drop cookie cutter? Oh. I don't know if I'm. Yeah, yeah probably I, I can't. Tried, you I don't might, know if we'll go there. Yeah, never yeah. mind. Then don't talk about it. I'm. I didn't realize how many fucking points Rose getting. Wait, Rose, we missed one. Star Ocean, the second story. That must have just got reviews because it's at eighty-five on yours, Row. It came out either today or it's coming out tomorrow. The reviews came out today, but yeah, oh, yeah, I think oh okay, right, it comes out tomorrow. But I got it at at an eighty-five. My points haven't registered yet, but Slay the Princess got enough reviews oh. <laughs> from last week, so so the points actually registered, and I got twenty. Holy shit! That. But that's but Star Ocean is probably going to be the last time I get points on this. So I, I think I'm I think I'm out of the race. You'll be one. in the one sixties, you know. If something yeah. comes out that's negative on mine, that'll put you in in the positive. Yeah, that'll that'll put you in second or maybe even first. See, but I'm I'm just surprised that I'm, I mean I'm happy that Slay the Princess eventually got enough reviews. Good for good for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some upcoming games on the way. Like a Dragon, the na- man who erased his name comes out next week. So that's coming for you, Christian. Uh, then the week after that is Persona 5 Tactica and Super Mario RPG, both on my team, this, releasing the same day. I didn't realize that. Uh, yeah. And Sons of the Forest is not coming out this year, Gage in full features form. So <laughs> that's just hilarious that that didn't come out again. Uh, in full form anyways all right moving into what you got for me daniel what you got for me well uh i've got marvel's spider-man 2 i've been continuing to play it loving the hell out of it Uh, obviously has its own issues uh you know, there's it's quite a bit buggy, like you guys have been talking about. Uh, I've noticed more and more bugs as I've been playing, um, but still enjoying the heck out of it. Still a really good experience. Uh, yeah, um, I made it to some crucial story points that, you know, oh, I, I, I can say that I made it past the Venom suit because that was part of uh, her whatever, yeah. symbiote suit. Trailers yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I made it to that point, past that point. So very excited i've been doing a shitload of side missions like the the one side mission i shared with you guys was or you know i was vaguely shared with you guys was the birds one that christian i think you you know what i'm talking about which that was Mm -hmm. such a cool side mission i really liked that that mission so i i found out there's a there's a traversal thing you can do that is even faster than than any of the stuff you can do by like you know okay well i'll just say this in this game, you can, uh, you know, slingshot yourself and you'll go fast, right? 
And then you can hit L1 plus triangle if you have that ability unlocked to like zoom fast and then you're even going even faster, right? Uh, you can unlock a, a traversal uh, upgrade where you dive and then open your web wings and then you go insanely fast. There's all ways to go super fast. There's one more that's like just like a hidden way to go the fastest I think I've discovered yet. In the traversal tree, there's an upgrade where um, when, while you're swinging, if you hold circle in the direction that you want to turn, like a, like a 90 degree sharp turn, you can swing like and, and just boom, you'll catapult yourself into, the, into that direction. Like slingshot. You can like slingshot sort of. You can do this at the top of buildings if there's like a like an antenna. Mm. And you'll just if you hold circle, you'll keep going around in circles. Oh, you'll go you'll go insanely fast and then you'll slow down if you keep holding it. But if you like time it just right to at the peak of the spin, you'll go the fastest I think you can in the game. And it's so wow. cool to do. That's pretty cool. I saw a, a video on Twitter about somebody comparing the speed of the first. Oh, game yes. To the speed of the first game. And it's insane how much faster Spider-Man 2 is like it's. Like people have been saying, like, oh, this this game puts the first one to shame. Like now that gameplay is obsolete. It's like they might be right now, which is great. That's awesome that they're able to improve it so much despite the bugs and stuff. But seeing it side to side like that is like, wow, they really, really. I again, I haven't played it yet, but what I've seen, they really improved the traversal, even though it's it was already so good. <laughs> so much fun, swinging around. Very good, very good. Uh, I also played the finals beta with Gage, as I alluded to, or you alluded to earlier, Ro, uh, and actually had a lot of fun with it. It's very fun. Um, uh, I always hate like playing a new first-person shooter, though, because you have to fucking dial in all of your controller settings and sensitivities and all that shit. But once I got that dialed in, I was enjoying the hell out of that game. It's very fun. Uh, like one of the modes you play uh, four teams of three and essentially everybody's trying to get to this vault to take um, like this cash box out. Uh, you take the cash box out and then you have to deliver it to like a drop off point. And then once you drop it off, you have to hold that location for like, I don't know, it's like a minute and a half or something uh, while it's depositing into your team's funds and um like that gets insane because like all the teams are pushing in from all different directions and like uh it's really fun had a lot of fun with it and uh the announcers like i know they're ai and that, that definitely sucks that they're doing that but like the announcers are like they literally remind me of like the nba jam announcer mm -hmm. like here we go. We're gonna. It's getting turned up. Like they just say these random ass lines, and you're just like, "What the fuck's going on?" But it's it fits the atmosphere of like what's going on in this game. Um, but yeah, hopefully they cast some real people to actually do them. Um, but yeah, lots of fun. Bro? I wanted to play the finals. That's been on my my radar for a long time, and I wasn't able to play this weekend with any of my friend groups celebrating birthday stuff. But yeah. I was celebrating birthday it's, stuff. I'm sorry. It's it's yeah. still going till through Sunday. Oh shit! Okay, yeah. then I'll download it. I'll download it. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! I'll definitely play. Hit me up. I'm off Friday as well. So okay. All right. Uh, Ro, what you got for? Mm. Me? I played Muse Dash and that, which is a rhythm game. Oh yeah, but that's it. That's all I. Play. What what is that on? 
it's on steam i've oh, had it for okay. a while uh i got into it uh, a couple of years ago uh just trying it again which uh trying some songs that i haven't played playing songs that i have played on harder difficulties but that's oh, yeah. that's it all i've been up to right now very cool christian what she got for it? more spider-man 2 yeah I, I i've done i think almost all the side content like i left a couple of things just for me to, to take care of later i ended up uh maining uh, a lot of the campaign and uh i got to some interesting moments in it i think uh, i can f- I, I think i'm near the end uh, i got to a big moment I, I talked to my friend who'd already beaten it and i said i just did this it feels like i'm close to the end and he's like you still got a little bit of ways to go but you're you're, you're approaching it and um this is about the point where he said he didn't kind of like the, the the place where the story was going and he's he didn't tell me any details he just said i'm curious to see how you feel about the story beats and so far there are a couple of small things in it that feels a bit too far-fetched i'm not fully into some of the, the things that they're doing uh but compared to how i was last week kind of like not as high in the story i am much more invested than i was last week and i know gage felt similar with with his his stuff but unfortunately he has a, a game breaking bug and he can't progress which is a shame because this game is game's kind of buggy i've got like a lot of videos of my characters like stopping his animation of like mid swing and just like a just a flying like immovable person yeah or like sound bugs where the game goes fully deaf or not deaf but um no noise at all so i have to like quit and then go back in just a lot of small stuff that and maybe like another month of polish would have maybe cranked those out as soon as gage told me or told all of us that uh that he had that game breaking bug i decided in my head that i'm gonna create like 10 save files so (laughs) Smart. okay yeah. yeah i'll do the same never hurts to be safe but sorry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh gage has had this on here for forever i'm deleting it gran turismo based on a true story that's yeah <laughs> long gone gage all right moving into the topic of the show guys 2023 might be one of the worst years for the video game industry with massive amounts of layoffs uh, of course, you know, it was a little bit of a quick clickbaity title saying it's the worst year ever, you know, lots of great games this year, but, you know, obviously the turmoil of all the uh, turnover and layoffs at studios is, is just not good. Um, and definitely some work needs to be done there on publisher side to make sure that this doesn't happen going forward. And yeah, it's terrible. Um, but as part of that, Bungie is the next in a long line of studios this year to succumb to those layoffs. And uh, this, of course, comes 15 months after Sony finalized this $3.7 billion deal to acquire Bungie. Uh, Bloomberg is reporting that 8% of Bungie staff was uh, let go following warnings after Destiny 2 popularity was dropping. Revenue was mm-hmm. down 45% below projections for the year. Um, of course, Tom Warren's inserting his own stuff here, saying, I know many Destiny players that have simply had enough of the game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't played it in a while either. I kind of fell off uh, with the last expansion. Yeah. And and that's part of the problem with building a game like this, right? Like, you, you know, you're building around the success of a platform that never stops. It just keeps going, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, 
we've still got more here to talk about but before we get there let's take a memory or trip down memory lane back to february of 2022 when bungie leadership assured employees that sony's deal would not result in layoffs or restructuring uh for developers working at destiny 2 uh they that's not what i was looking for uh bungie leader employees said leadership has assured them that there would be absolutely no layoffs and nothing major in terms of restructuring once the sony deal closes the acquisition represents a notable shift for the washington based game developer uh etc etc so how we went from the point of bungie leadership saying oh no we're fine guys you know sony acquiring us we're not we're not succumbing to their layoffs or anything like that Seems like that wasn't quite accurate. Uh, and more about the actual layoff itself, uh, the layoff decisions came directly from Bungie management, not Sony. This is not about Sony replacing Bungie employees with their own people. Uh, many employee benefits, though not health insurance, uh, only last till the end of the month if you're let go. Laying people off on the 30th means a single additional day of coverage, which is insane. Uh, many employees had unvested shares as a result of the Sony purchase. These shares would be received based on staying uh, with the company for a certain number of years following the sale. But those shares revert to Bungie if you leave, even, with, even if you're fired, which is what's happening now to those affected. Hmm. Uh, many Bungie employees that were fired found out in the morning that they were locked out of their services, logins, and email access revoked. Uh, others who insist instead found out during meetings were told not to tell other team members uh, themselves as teams would be told by other means. Many employees were unable to say goodbye or exchange contacts. Many team managers were not even told uh, at all about who on their team was being laid off and only found out as it happened. Um, and to add a bit more context to the uh, stock uh, situation, a former Bungie employee uh, that worked during the Halo trilogy era, uh, Jamie Greesimer, he tweeted out some <laughs> background here. The company will award you 100 shares of stock but you only get 25 today and the rest in two years when you vest. And he puts in parentheses and then they fire you one day before you would get the rest of your shares, which Jamie talks about his own issue with that when he worked for Bungie back in the day. Um, so yeah, that's not good. Lots, lots to bake on there, but fuck, that's a lot of bad shit. Like fucking coverage only one additional day if you get fired at on the thirtieth, and obviously all these people were fired fired at the end of the month. Insane. That that's the that's the kind of that's the kind of re, that is the kind of action why you see people calling for unionization in the video games industry. Um, lack of healthcare is 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 such a huge thing to have to stress about. Mm -hmm. yep. Like, on top of, like, job searching, you know? To have, like, one day of healthcare before you're completely out on your own in, in, in a world, specifically, like, in, you know, North America here, where acquiring healthcare is tied entirely to your employment and your options outside of employment are not good. It's something that people just should not have to deal with. This is just the top, the trend of numerous layoffs in the industry this this entire year or e or even like 
companies like Naughty Dog, the, one of the, like what I would call one of, if not the most prestigious studio in the video game industry, facing severe layoffs. It's not good. And I, Dan, did you even go into detail about who was laid off yet from from Bungie? Is that, no, that is yeah. coming up. We'll get there in a second. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk about it when you get to that point. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's that's insane. I just I can't fathom. And insurance is so expensive if you don't get it through an employer. Yes. So too. Yes. Yeah. All right, so continuing on uh, the back of that, so some more context behind the layoffs as well, which I do think this is important as well. Uh, so Sony was the one that was asking for the layoffs, of course, because they're the ones who own Bungie, but Bungie is the one who enacted the layoffs and planned them. They Sony's basically like, you got to make so m this many cuts, you know, you got to hit this bottom line because you're not making enough money from Destiny 2 anymore. Uh, and Bungie got the, you know, leeway to do it however they please. Uh, so Paul Tassi adds, this may be part of a wider cost cutting at Sony in multiple areas, but as an ind independent entity, entity who gets cut, the timing and terms as above are Bungie's decision. To clarify an earlier point, health insurance lasts until severance ends. Other benefits end today. So, oof. I could. Uh, so, Christian, you were asking about yes, know, who who this is going to involve and and what what's going to happen here. Michael Salvatore and Lorraine McLeese, two grizzled ancients of Bungie, were both laid off. And I don't say grizzled ancients as you know me trying to call them old or anything. That's literally what Bungie calls the people that have worked there from for so long like 20 plus years they have worked there before okay michael's a different story lorraine has worked there for well before halo even before halo was mm. a thing she was working on all kinds of shit she's the one who created the halo logo like fucking insane michael salvatore worked with with bungie as a contractor well before halo came into existence so he has always been around the studio before that uh, marty o'donnell brought michael on board uh, after halo ce came out but fucking this man michael salvatore this man has just made you know helped make some of the most revolutionary music ever created the, the halo fucking series uh destiny with marty and without marty and arguably without marty he did even better <laughs> content after marty was gone uh with you know forsaken and uh shadow keep beyond light uh even the newest stuff um lightfall um but yeah like it, it's insane to me that michael salvatore he's gone like i don't even know who's replacing him and like that's insane to me that and, you're yeah and 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 to be to be working on um wait, 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 did you just mention it um what is that forthcoming expansion? Um, oh, yeah, the final like the, shape. One, the, the the final shape. Yeah. To be in the middle of a, of a of a like one of the most important yeah. projects for Destiny, which I suspect then, that that's pretty much wrapped up in terms of music, and that's maybe. I don't. Out. I don't know. You don't. Think? I don't know. Oh, okay. I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but like, 
that's still a couple months away. Yes. Like, I reckon there's still like a lot of like touches you have left to do in like, and you know, and engineering or mastering or, or getting like, you know, adjustments on tone and stuff. Yeah. Maybe some of the larger pieces are composed for sure, but like there's, there's still work to be done. Yeah. Um, and Did we include his tweet here, or uh, not his tweet? His like uh, that's what I was. Thank you. Yeah, Michael. So then, uh, Paul Tassi uh, reached out to Michael, and this man is far too kind because uh, Michael responds and says, "Hi, Paul. Thanks for reaching out to me and for your kind words. The last twenty four hours have been crazy, and I'm still sorting through my feelings." Many of my good friends were also let go, and I feel awful for them. My heart goes out to everyone who lost their job yesterday. Regarding myself, the overwhelming feeling I have is one of gratitude. Beginning in 1997, Bungie provided me the opportunity to contribute music to some of the most amazing games ever made. I've been truly blessed to work with so many awesome, creative people over the years, I've learned so much from them, not only as a composer, but as a human being during during my time there. One of the things that I always loved about uh, about being about bring I think he meant to say being a part of the team was our willingness to take risks, which has always been a part of Bungie's DNA. And when we would fail, we wouldn't retreat. We'd reload. That is at the heart of what uh, kept me engaged year after year through success and failure. I truly wish the best for my friends who are still there, and I have no doubt that they will be able to right the ship. To the fans, please don't hate on them. Give them a chance to blow you away like they've done so many times before. Peace to all, Mike. So, very amicable. as He's straight up fucking legend and really insane that he was this nice um uh especially the circumstances and, and on his website yes she's website yeah gone fishing went, gone fishing went in and, and is completely removed all his work and just wrote gone fishing uh which i think some people have speculated um i think maybe he's a little bit you know probably probably hurt yeah uh to be on the receiving end of, of, of the layoffs considering considering his legacy which is extremely unfortunate like, and, no, no, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, um, like, I was going to, I'm going to bring her up later, but there's so many people who don't, everybody who got laid off probably did not deserve to be laid off. I think right. we all agree with that. But people like uh, Michael and Lorraine, especially so because of their legacy, like you said, and they just don't get that. I think what they earned was a retirement. Like, I don't know mm -hmm. how long they're going to be there since they've already been there for so long, but the way that they have to exit is because they got fired after all the work that they yeah. did is just like such a kick in the nuts. Uh, in, in my opinion, as, as you guys were saying about all the amazing stuff that they did, they don't get to leave on their own accord is such a, a shitty way for their careers at bunch to end being grizzled ancients. If that means anything to the people who laid them off. But the person who I was going to bring up was uh Leanna Rupert, who was the community. Uh, mm. Yeah. Community. Uh, Person for destiny. Uh, yes, yeah. manager. That's the, yeah. the word that I forgot. But uh, she got laid off, and I thought she was a great uh, community manager for Destiny. But um, her husband was also laid off earlier this year. So now they're like, yeah, just both of them just out of the job, and they're worried about their house. And it's like, I, I, I don't. I know think... how that feels. <laughs> it's like it's crazy. It's so crazy. But and and what Michael was saying about we should give Bungie a chance to. Um, to blow us away and 
like support the people that are still there. And, and to an extent, I do agree with that, that sentiment. Yeah. But at the same time, when we're supporting the devs that are working there, we're also supporting shitty people who are making the shitty decisions who don't get any repercussions for their shitty decisions. They still benefit from us supporting the devs, even though when we support the devs, no matter if we support the devs, or we don't. People are still getting fired and we're still getting laid off. So at a certain extent, I feel like I, I, I don't know what the answer is, because if the answer is to support the dev, then why aren't you supporting the people that are working there? And if we don't support the devs, of course, there's still going to be layoffs because you're not making enough money. So it's like, what what do we do? Yeah. Yeah. And like the crazy part is, is like these two people specifically, but like I, like you said, Ro, all these people, none of them deserved uh, to be laid off, I'm sure. Uh, but these two people specifically were instrumental in making Bungie the success that it is today. And like to just throw that all away is insane to me. And I understand or so I, I shouldn't phrase it that way, but like I know why they did this, because I guarantee you Mike Salvatore and Lorraine were both getting paid handsomely for working there so long and being, you know, original team members. Mm. So it was an easy way to say, oh, all this cash is gone because, you know, they're two very high paid employees. I'm sure I'm I'm projecting that. I don't know that, but uh, you you could assume that, I guess. Um, so, yeah, it, insane. I just, I I can't fathom. I can't fathom that at all. I, um, I mean, for the player base, you know, as well. Yeah. How would you How would you feel as like a player who is seeing, you know, th- there, you know, the final shape was already delayed. And now you're seeing, you know, key members of from the Destiny team be laid off in this way. That would leave me like with a confidence that is just utterly shaken. I've already been been having like you know a lot of complaints in, in this, this these past seasons, and now to see this on top of it, it's just like, all right, what are we doing? So what are we doing? Pete Parsons, dad, CEO at Bungie. Uh, uh, Pete tweeted out, "Today is a sad day at Bungie as we say goodbye to colleagues who have all made a significant impact on our studio." What these exceptional individuals have contributed to our games and Bungie culture has been enormous and will continue to be a part of Bungie long into the future. These are truly talented people. If you have openings, I would highly recommend each and every one of them. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, I know Pete has had a lot of issues over the years as well before I go into this next part of Pete as well. Uh, Pete has been there since 2002. And uh, January 2016, Harold, Harold Ryan stepped down as president and Pete Parsons took over. So he's been there a long time, but still hasn't been there as long as fucking Lorraine and Michael Salvatore, who he, he just let go. Anyways, uh, so the second part to this is Pete Parsons behind the scenes comments uh, claims that the layoffs were due to Destiny 2's underperformance. Uh, so let me... Blah, 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 where is it here? <laughs> yes. Um, employees were told that Destiny 2 player sentiment was at an all-time low. Sources tell IGN that this issue had been flagged to leadership repeatedly for months prior to the layoffs, with employees begging for necessary changes to win players back. 
One former Bungie employee recalled that they were repeatedly assured following the 2022 acquisition of Bungie that there would be no layoffs and cited an item from a Sony quarterly report that claimed $1.2 billion of the $4 billion acquisition was going explicitly towards staff retention. Multiple employees confirmed that money was distributed to employees who are fully vested with money split into multiple payments over time and varying based on discipline and seniority. Other, other employees also told IGN they felt especially frustrated with the layoffs given that the company had completed work on a brand new headquarters more than double the size mm. of its previous office and likely a pricey upgrade in Bellevue, Washington. Uh, oh, they could just work from home. Yes, exactly. Uh, Parsons was criticized in some quarters for calling the layoffs a sad day at Bungie, etc. We just talked about that. But yes, you're exactly right, Ro. Like, Bungie has expanded its work from home program like significantly, mm -hmm. where you can literally work at Bungie from a, a ton of states now uh, and remotely. And why the hell they needed to double their studio size when they have all of that going on? I, I don't quite understand that either. So, like, it does sound like mismanagement there. Like, let's go buy a brand new studio just because we can, you know? Because we can. And, uh, Pete, not well, yeah, Pete Parsons' response about uh, the right people are still at Bungie is so. Bad. Yes. Sorry, I was <laughs> yes, trying to find yes, that and I couldn't dude. find it. Yes. I think you I think you mentioned it at the at the beginning okay. of this. And I was, was like, why did you hire them? <laughs> like were they not the right people when you hired them and they the wrong people now so you let them like there's so much wrong with that statement, but that's just one of them. But how would you feel if someone let go to be seeing a note like that? Yeah. Yeah. And even the people that are still there, like, wow, I feel shitty. <laughs> like I'm glad that Absolutely. I'm still here, but like those people that got let go were my coworkers or my my buddies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, and we've seen that from some people that are still there. The survivors' guilt, so to speak, like not right. survivor, but like you know, yeah, yeah still yeah. at bungee guilt, which is it's, it's terrible on both sides, both aspects. I mean, uh, and and the the destiny retention being low, um also doesn't link up with the people who are working on destiny begging the leadership right. to do the things that would make destiny retention be yes. higher and they're just like no don't do that we don't have time for that so they don't have time for that they don't do it destiny retention is low they don't get as much money and they have to let people go when they could have just maybe spent a little bit more time making the changes that the people the players want yeah and then you make potentially make more money <laughs> yep and very well you know those changes that they want to make may have been you know something that you have to delay an expansion or delay a game a little bit but it's like at the end of the day the most important thing in a consistent online multiplayer game is keeping your fan base happy because if they're not happy they're not going to continue playing as we've seen so many times before in every other game that fails <laughs> in this space um and the other thing is is like i don't i don't know how bungie's structured in terms of like uh their their suits and stuff like their board and and stuff like that but i what i do know is jason jones is still the founder of bungie and he's still there he has been there since day one him and alex seropian started bungie and i feel like jason jones should have a decent amount of say if not all the say i again i don't know how that works with board members and 
all that jazz and stupid corporate shit. But like if you're Jason Jones sitting back and watching all of this unfold, you have to sit there and be like, is there something I need to do and step in and, you know, make my voice heard and fucking, you know, replace Pete or whatever needs to happen in order to fix mm. this? Because like it is a bit of a shit show right now. And the reason Bungie has been successful for so many years is because the people that work there and them interacting with the community in such a great way. Like that is literally the pillars of Bungie. That is what Jason Jones and Alex Seropian started Bungie with the goal of. Uh, so like, yeah, I, I guess we'll see. Uh, I guess time will tell on that. Uh, since Pete has worked there so, so long, I find it hard to believe that he's going to be pushed out, which is unfortunate if, you know, he's the one that's causing all the problems, which it sure seems like it. Uh, mm. And yeah, it's so unfortunate for such a, such a developer that's very close to my heart as well as Roe, you know, with destiny. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it, it's terrible. I, I hate to see this, especially with all the fucking bungee stuff that I own. I don't want to fucking wear that. <laughs> if I, right. you know, feel like shit wearing it. I don't know. Yeah. Hard to get excited for the future of you know, a lot of these games when you know, there's a lot of turmoil in, in in the studios itself. Yeah. Yes. I like what you're saying about like how Bungie is with their community. Like sometimes it it's uh, good and sometimes it's it's bad. Yeah. Most of the time, if it's bad, it's usually because the community is being kind of jerky about it. But uh, Joe Blackburn, like the game director for Destiny, like he would like do like like how we're doing right now like talking to people potentially uh, about the yes. the game and just like be so honest about it with like the people in chat and just like hey this is what we want to do yeah. and it seems like he he couldn't do it mm. because of the leadership but he did like a stream a little while ago on like, his own we're like yeah just on his own accord yeah. it's like uh, people were upset about one of the the bosses in Destiny is like, this is way too easy. You could solo. And he's like, no, you can't. And he did a stream and yeah. he did it. He did it solo. It was like, okay, you guys prove me wrong. You guys can solo this. We need to fix it and adjust the difficulty and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, devs don't, I mean, companies don't do that very much. Like, so it's cool to see yeah. that transparency. And and again, sometimes it work, it doesn't work in their favor, but it's, mm. it's still cool to see. And again, that's a credit to the people. Like if Joe wasn't there to do that, maybe someone else isn't there to do that. Like that's, the, that's the point. They, they have the people that are willing to do that kind of stuff. And that's what makes them so special. Like having those people and, you know, that actually care. Like they, they may say there may be some developers out there that say they care, but then they don't back that up by actually like caring and like showing that they care with the things they're doing like yeah if you have these people like you should be cherishing that and nourish nourishing that and i don't know make that relationship better not lay them off <laughs> but or and obviously like there is some context like obviously sony is coming to bungie saying that you have to lay off people or you know but uh, obviously everything we're talking about is ways that they could have gotten around that if they had made destiny continue to succeed and, yeah. Uh, I, I was going to say maybe the timing could have also been better. I don't know if Sony made them right choose when they had to lay people off. Just yeah, they had to lay people off. But I think I cut you, Christian. Off. Well, it's also that time of the year, usually before holidays, and you see some some of these cuts being start starting to get made. It's you know 
getting close to like the end of the quarter. Uh, again, investors want to see profits, and and one of the things that that holds profits back is is high you know head cost and a lot of people. One way, quick way to fix that is to you know, cut a certain percentage off, and it's extremely unfortunate. I think the thing for me too is with with Sony, if it's you know, however it happened behind the scenes of Sony demanding cuts, is that kind of worry honestly for next year, given how much Sony has spent into games as a service, hmm. or how much they plan to spend, I should say as well. Um, they're fully investing into this, and and there seems to be. Again, already a lot of trouble uh, on the on the service end uh, with you know obviously the Last of Us and then with Marathon. Um, I'm not sure about the others, but um, if it does lead that way, and, and you know they're not getting the return that they were hoping for, uh, you might see a lot of uh, layoffs. You know, come 2024 and 2025, which is uh, not good. The Horizon multiplayer game, right? <laughs> well, that yeah, that too, man. Like that was rumored years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Christian, you did allude to this already, but Bloomberg is reporting that Bungie is delaying Destiny 2's final shape expansion to June 2024 and Marathon to 2025 amid layoffs. Which, if Marathon's having problems, it might be longer than 2025. But I don't know. Yeah, I really hope they could pull <laughs> a final shape off. Whitefall, yeah. not it. And Cade Six coming back. I, I'm thinking about it now. I don't know if I like. I don't know if I like. I love <laughs> the more it. I think about it. Oh, I love it. Give me more Nathan <laughs> Fillion. Mm. Um, nothing against Nathan Fillion. He's great. <laughs> but man. Uh, all right. So out of the bungee stuff, guys. Uh, an estimated 6,500 jobs have been cut in 2023 in the industry. That's just an absurd number. Uh, the largest impacts 900 to Unity, 830 Epic Games, 535 at Amazon, 375 at EA, and 326 at Embracer Group. Those are the big, big ones. Um, but yeah, that's that sucks. <laughs> That is an insanely large number, 6,500 for this year. And that's why we're having this discussion of like, is this one of the worst years in the, in the industry in terms of all of these layoffs happening? Like we're seeing great games, but like we're seeing it returned yeah. with all these record layoffs. Yeah, I, I think there's also like, a, this is going to get weird, but I, I think it's also has a lot to do with like the current economy of like, you know, not just the game sector, but like all sectors. Like, yeah. it, it, I think we're like at, at a re if not at a record, we're like approaching some record numbers for like unemployment, especially here in North America, um, with a looming recession that's been projected for the past couple of years. Um, I want to keep it game side, but yeah, it's uh, it's not good in in the world of capitalism here in the U.S. and Canada. Well, and you have. You had a high in 2020 with COVID where games were as popular and as big as they ever were. And then it just, you know, has slowly. Yeah. The games industry breaks in tons of money. Yeah. All right. But here we are. I, um, yeah, I, I don't, it seems like they just aren't, I don't know how it works in these, in these uh, offices, obviously, but I'm just from what I know, the very limited knowledge. It doesn't seem like they're like uh, adjusting for 
different situations and different like climates in the economy. They just want to see growth, 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 no matter what. And even if the economy doesn't, I don't know, it, it like that's, that's not going to happen this year, guys, no matter how you look at it, that's not going to happen. They just don't see that. And they just want to see growth, whether it be with this destiny story with the low, low projections and square Enix, like, Oh, this has to be, this is not meeting our expectations, even though it was really great. And in, in, in a different year, that would be like, wow, we're the greatest company ever. But for some reason, since you didn't make as much as last year, it's not successful. And Mm -hmm. it's like, no, that, that's, that shouldn't be how it works. But all comp, I think most like capitalism, like you guys were talking about, like all companies just want to see year over year growth, even though it's, it's that, how can that happen? Every yeah. year you're getting bigger and bigger. Like, I guess that's the goal, but I don't see how that's realistic. Not just bigger, like expe- exponentially bigger. Like it seems yeah. like they want every yeah. year. Like, and, you know, the, the guys at the top aren't making any less when you got fucking Robert and Tokol from Play Tika making $372 million in this year. Uh, Bobby Kotick from Activision making $154 million this year. Uh, Andrew Wilson from EA making $34.7 million. Like, obviously, that's a huge gap between Bobby Kotick and him, but fuck, this is a lot of what? money. What is Playtika doing? Who is Playtika? I have no idea who, who Playtika is. is. <laughs> yeah, no, probably a mobile so mobile developer publisher. It is, maybe. Yeah, it is. Yeah, of I course, the fucking predatory <laughs> platform right there. God, awful. Um, wow. yes, uh, awful, awful time in the industry right now. And like, my last question here is, how do we get and this is coming from Ryan McCaffrey. I, he shared this, which I, I love this, so I put it in here. How do we get the industry to follow the late Nintendo president, Satoru uh, Iwata? How do we get them to follow his wise, you know, things that he did? Like, when Nintendo had issues or struggled, Iwata took a pay cut. So in the nine-month period ending December 31st, 2013, the company's revenue earnings were 499 billion yen, uh, down 8.1% on the year before. Profit took a harder hit, falling to 10.2 billion yen, which was down 30% at the time, Uh, et cetera, et cetera. A favorable set of, you know, recoup some of this, et cetera. But as a result of that, Nintendo president at the time, Satoru, Iwata will take a 50% pay cut for the next five months in recognition of the downturn in profit, while other board members would take cuts of between 20 and 30%. Like that, I think that's probably a portion of the reason why Nintendo is so consistent with the teams that make their games because they, you know, they have more retention in terms of, you know, they see the CEO at the top that's taking a 50% pay cut in order to help them out and like not cause these mass layoffs that the rest of the industry is dealing with. And like, I think that does um, show some importance there of that. Yeah. Go ahead, bro. No, I was just going to agree, honestly, like the, the retention employee rate at Nintendo is 98.9% apparently. Yeah. Like the people that, work there stay there usually and for the reasons that dan said 
Um, so that's that's great. That's awesome. I'm happy to see that because Nintendo makes some weird business decisions most of the time, but I'm glad it's not <laughs> against the the people that work there, at least. Uh, at least it's against the consumer who have the choice mm. to spend money on them if they want to. But yeah, it's good that they're treating their employees right. It's going to take... I don't know what it'll take, Dan, but how do we get anyone to be more like Iwata? How do we get any, like any <laughs> CEO or any leadership you know, it's going to take a lot for, for our current kind of um, way we go about business to change entirely, which is extremely unfortunate because um, no one cares about the little guy. And we are a, an ocean of little guys that are still struggling to swim. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. So <laughs> we will close out the show unless you guys have anything. Uh, well, I guess I'll add this. Okay. Um, I put in a I put in a bid for my final two um, games on Fantasy Critic as we were talking. Uh, I'll announce those next week. Uh, I'm nervous. Oh, you're nervous. <laughs> like I'm nervous about getting negative points, or nervous as in you'll find out next week. <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting. There's a there's a tweet that I I wanted to read earlier from Julie uh, Munchie. Yes. I don't know whom they are. I think they're a writer, but I, I thought it was a pretty great uh, tweet. I love that the corporate strategy is let's guess how much money we'll make this year. And then if we don't meet their guess, they'll, they ruin a bunch of people's lives instead of trying to guess better. <laughs> like, so true. Yeah. Could, couldn't have said it better. Projections are insane. Good Lord. Square Enix, we're looking at you with fucking Tomb Raider wasn't <laughs> a success. Okay. Funnily enough, she has a Kingdom Hearts logo or Kingdom Hearts uh, icon as her profile picture. Oh, wow. Yeah. we're looking at you. Insane. It's Queenix. All right. Well, thank you to everyone joining us live on YouTube and Twitch, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. Thank you, Ro. Thank you, Christian. I am Daniel, and this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love and keep on gaming. Happy birthday, Hello Kitty. <laughs>